This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, my suspect. Welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 139. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm Earl Farnboy, RFB. And this week, we are talking The Last Jedi, episode 7, a movie that, when it came out, it had a lot of controversy. This this is a movie I really think divided the fandom. Which is sad, because I really enjoyed it, but we'll, we'll start talking about that eventually. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunately one of those movies that was very divisive. You, you, you either loved it or you hated it. I don't think there was really any in between with some fans. So, yeah, what, before we start talking about seeing it for the first time, what, like, along those lines with, the division. What do you remember when this first came out? Firstly, I'm going to bump you up one, brother, because you said it was episode seven, and we're talking about episode eight. Mm. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I got you back. That's what we do. Yeah. All yeah. right. Another three years. Fifteen? No, this is two years. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, we're sitting. We're still in the first half of five years of. Star Wars story every year from 2015 to 2019. And previously was Rogue One in 2016. Alright. 2017. The second year of this trilogy that we get Star Wars right before Christmas. And The Last Jedi was given to us on December 15th of 2017. And for the second time, I was running around gathering up all the different TV spots and trailer spots off of YouTube, and my girls would come over every other weekend, and we'd dive into everything that we was we were given to try and figure out, all right, how's this story going to go? What's what's and who's the last Jedi? Right? Is is it Ray? 
who, who could, what, what could this be? And then going to see, now, like you had mentioned, to me, I don't feel that this story divided our fandom. The fandom divided itself. The, the film, as some folks says, is divisive. No, it ain't. Folks' opinions are. Right. We, in the fandom, the other folks, they divided themselves over this story because they went into it with, just my opinion, a good lot of the stuff that's now legends, how folks had Luke to be this unstoppable unstoppable mythological hero in that galaxy far, far away. And I don't even think, because this was said a lot too, and, and still to a degree today, is um, it was divisive on purpose. It's sub- subject subverted expectations. And right there is the downfall of half of the fandom. You went into it with expectations. You did that to yourself. It's plain as day to see. And if you don't see it, then that, like I said, that's just my opinion. I didn't go into this. I don't go into any Star Wars, whether it's a film, a book, whatever the story is. I don't have any expectations. I learned over quite a few years, and it was Star Wars stories that taught me that. Um, And I'll speak to them when we get to talking about that. And yeah. how I how I learned those lessons, and I try to pass that off as best I can to get folks to see see if they can see what I'm seeing or hear what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, I I never saw Luke in that kind of way, and in a lot of ways, Luke in this story is me. Um, he he shut himself away from his friends. And his family, because he felt that he had let them, he had let the whole galaxy down. Right. Which was, of course, the wrong thing to do. But that's how, and that's pretty much me with the modern day world is, I always say I'm found one to two places. I'm either here or at work. I don't venture out into the modern day world much, unless there's something I need. Or very few times to get something I want to go get, like I'll, I'll wander down to Monroeville, like it did in the past to go get the timelines book or whatnot. But for the most part, I let the modern day world do what it does and I do what I do. So that's, that's pretty much what I remember seeing when we went to see this story and loved it for everything that it did. And we'll get to how it plays out. My girls loved it too. So that's, that's what I remember about going to see it. The second time that they got to come with me and we got to sit together and watch a Star Wars story. What you got to say? Like you said, this is another one that came came out at Christmas time, which I loved. And I really Mm -hmm. hope they decide to do that with these new movies that they announced last celebration. But that's all decision. What's that? Said they are indeed all but one will be in December. The first, the oh, first that's going to be the story of 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. That's going to be 
what they're kind of calling now is the new Jedi Order. It's going to be Ray. That'll be in May. The Dave Filoni that's going to tie up the Mando stories, Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew to all together. That's going to be in December in 2026. And then the last one that James Mangold's going to do that's going to be what folks are calling Dawn of the Jedi when the humans in, in the galaxy far, far away 25,000 years ago discovered the Force. That's going to be 2029 in December. Yep, so it's going to be in December. And everything gets an opening crawl. That's cool. So, so I did, yeah, it, so the one I'm looking forward to the most comes out in May, but that's not a problem. I'll still go see it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this one came out at Christmas time. Family was home. And, of course, I took food. I took this one was probably the one where I had the most family members with us. Mm. Of course, my wife, my oldest, ne- yeah, my oldest nephew, his girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. My next oldest nephew came. Um, my nieces came and brought their boyfriends. So it was like a whole big group of people. I don't know if I could, I'm pretty sure I saw the picture somewhere on my phone or somewhere in the cloud of all of us in the lobby right before we went into the theater. But yeah, it was a good time. And afterwards, I had more people to talk to about it afterwards, like my brother-in-law. I was able to talk to him about it, talk to my wife, talk to my nephews. They all seemed to enjoy it. Um, My one niece, probably the youngest one that was with us, found it a little boring, but, you know, she was younger and she didn't, I don't think she was paying attention the whole time anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was a good time, good family time. And that's, like I said, that's why I really started liking it around December because my family was home. Mm-hmm. And it gave us something to do other than sit around the house and, you know, deal with family drama, I guess. Get out of the house and have a good time. But yeah, I remember coming out of it, really liking it. I said, wow, that was different. I've never seen a Star Wars movie like that. And I like that. And I really like the way this one opens. I still like Revenge of the Sith for an opening movie. But this one was pretty cool as the camera just zoomed down through all the transports coming off the planet and right down on the planet's surface. I really like that. And regardless of what people say, I still laugh with the Poe and Hux interaction at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Why? Because that's who Poe is. He already established that in Force Awakens with Paolo uh, Ren. When he gets two talks for him, he's pretty much like he's smart. Yeah, he's quite smart ass. Yeah, that's with Hux was Poe being Poe. Yep. And I thought it was funny. A lot of people said, yeah, it was cheesy. But you know what? Star Wars is cheesy. It's cheesy. And it is for kids. I'll still say that. I mean, George said it. He goes, I made this movie for 7 to 12-year-old boys. So, and then all of a sudden, you know, 
my sisters were getting into it when we were younger. So mm-hmm. Star Wars to me is for everybody. So yep. if you have that state of mind, if you have that childlike state of mind still, there's no way you're not enjoying these movies. So that's like you said with expectations. I never go into a Star Wars movie with expectations going, oh, this is what I want to see. If I don't see this, I'm going to be upset. No. I just Mm-mm. go in. I can't wait to see what they do. So, like, that's, I guess, how I enjoy Star Wars so much. If people ask me, well, how can you like everything? What, how, how do you? And I'm like, I don't watch it with a critical eye. I watch it with my child's eye. I go in saying I can't wait to see what they give me, and I don't go in going, well, I better get this or, you know, I'm not no. going to like it. No, because we both understand it's somebody else telling you a story. Go in with that wonder of wanting to be told a story, because I wonder quite a bit if folks have lost the ability to be able to do that. Right. I mean, I know I have so much stupid knowledge of fake wizards in space a long time ago that doesn't serve any much purpose other than making me happy. But, yeah, it's always long. Any Star Wars, whether it's Last Jedi or whichever it is, it's a storyteller that's the story they want to tell you. And you'll be told that. And, yeah, just soak up whatever it is that they have they want to tell you. If you have something wrote in your head, then you're only getting your own way. Don't do that. I spent the old time talking back to folks, talking to me from the past, and sometimes raising my voice at them that <laughs> wasn't the storyteller let you down. You done that to yourself. Don't do that. Right. Yep. And it's just like another scene towards the beginning of this movie that people had a real reaction to, and that was Luke tossing a lightsaber over his shoulder. Again, I laughed. I thought it was funny. Because this is grumpy Luke. They got to understand, yeah, we don't know what mindset he's actually in yet. But right when he did that, yes, it made me laugh. But then I was like, oh, he doesn't want to, he, he doesn't want to go bothered. He came here just to cut himself off. Don't bother him. So, yeah, this is the old man Luke. Yeah, he went a bit uh, further than that. He said he came there to die. Die, right. Well, that's what we found later on. But in my mind at the time, I was going, oh, he didn't want to be bothered. Leave him alone. So, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. And yes, of course, you know, I am, I guess ever since I was a kid, I was a cute, quote, um, Star Wars creature guy. So the Porgs, of course, oh my God. When we first got our first image of those before the movie, I was like, oh my God, I need to get one of these. And of course, my wife got me the one that, um, you turn on and it kind of like waddles across the table. So, oh, it weren't just, yeah. it weren't just you. Um, both my girls were sold in lock, stock, and barrel. I mean, even to this day, Abigail's got her own her own car now, and it's covered with Klingons and yeah. uh, Magna, and she's got porg porgs all over it. Still to this day, I saw someone the other day. I was behind the car the other day. And, of course, you know, those traditional stick figure Klingon families. Mm-hmm. 
one was an entire Porg family. Mm-hmm. Instead of Star Wars. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, yes, I've seen the Klingons that are Star Wars families, like Han and Leia, and then, you know, little Jedi kids or what have you. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then... I think another thing that shocked me in this movie was when um, Kylo Ren, because let's face it, it was Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. that killed Snow. And right when that happened, I was like, um, okay, he's not the big bad. And that's when I'm like, oh, so Kylo is the big bad. That's what I, start, that's what I thought after this movie. So, but yeah. That kind of shocked me. I was like, wow. That shocked everybody. Um, I want to backstep a few to when Luke finds Rey in the ancient Jedi library, and she's looking at, at the books. And Luke come, comes in, and he asks who she is and why, she, why is she there. Who are you? Right. And she, she tells him, you know, your sister sent me. Right. We need we need you back. The the first order is just within months of getting the whole galaxy. We need Luke Skywalker back, and he asked, "But but why are you here?" And gets her to say, kind of says, you know, she says about she has this thing inside of her that she doesn't know what to do with, and she's it kind of scares her. And he says, "You need a teacher." But then he's not willing to teach her. Yeah, he didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, and he he says he's getting ready to walk out of the the library door, and he says it's time for the Jedi to end. And right then and there, for a while, I kind of agreed with that. Yeah. Because for the longest time, they got in their own way, and then he explains to her later that it was the Jedi that allowed a Jedi to rise and create Darth Vader, Darth Sidious. And they got in their own way, and they let him wipe them out. And I thought, you know what? He's right. It is time for the Jedi to end. But then later on, turns up very differently, which... Yeah, it took me a while to sort that out, because at first I thought, you know what, he was right, it's time for it to end. And then <clears throat> we seen later on, we'll get to that in a bit, because I don't want to miss some of the fun stuff in the middle, neither. Because right. there's a lot to pull out of this story. There's a lot. Yep. This was, yeah, this was a deep, deep uh, Star Wars story, this one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the the whole thing with him not wanting the trainer and you saying he won them then. I remember that bit being in the one teaser trail. And that got a people talking right away. Like, oh my god, what does that mean? And that even with that clip in the teaser trailer, I really didn't get that well, in that bit in the teaser trailer, that's where I actually got the bit that, oh yeah, he's he's grumpy old Luke. He doesn't want anything to do with the Jedi no more. So, but yeah, I just, I agreed with it, like you said, because in the prequels, that was, that was 
museum that I had their kind of heyday. And they just got, you're right, they got in their own way. I think Qui-Gon had it right. Um, you know, they just were too set in their ways, their dogma and stuff, and everything had to be a certain way. And I don't blame Qui-Gon one bit for not wanting to be on the council. So, <laughs> I don't even think I would want to be on the Jedi Council. So, but yeah, I mean, even if you're on the council, you really don't, if, if you have an idea, it's really not going to float unless, uh, Mason Yoda say, okay. So, and it's, you know, what else, Mason. you know, what else gave me a pretty good giggle is when, uh, after that, right before Luke's saying about the whole, um, time for the Jedi to end and, Ray's trying to talk him into teaching her, and she's, she, well, what is it she says? She says, I've seen your daily routine. You're not very busy. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> no, and then she follows him out of the cave, walking up the hill in the wind and the rain, and that's when, yeah, he's trying, he's still trying to ignore her. And then we get to see, yeah, the the whole green milk with the foul siren when he's throwing right. up the ball. And giving her that, you're really, you're really annoying, girl. And then we get right. to see a little snippet of part of his daily routine. And part of this is also told in the Legends of Luke Skywalker book that has six short stories. I want to say it's the second one that Luke goes to this planet because he's exploring the galaxy, trying to find Jedi history and lore and relics and whatnot. He goes to this planet called Luel that's mostly a sort of water world where he meets up with a small family and they feel a connection to the Force too, but they don't call it the Force. They call it the Tide. And this is where Luke, when he spears that fish with that really long fishing spear, he learned how to do that in that short story. So if folks and friends, other pod listeners like me, you want want to take a side branch off of that little part of this part in Last Jedi, yeah, go give that story a, a look. It's really, really good. That's on uh, Journey to the Last Jedi. Yeah, there's a few books in there, and The Legends of Luke Skywalker's got some really good ones in there. The first one is my favorite, but it doesn't really relate to this. That one's a retelling of A New Hope through somebody who thought they knew who Luke was, and but they get the whole story blown way out of whack, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But I want to stick with The, the Last Jedi. <laughs> we tend, in the, in the cafe, we tend to get on a couple different branches of the tree that we're in <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. We we wander around the tree library. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also, did you happen to notice on the hut that Luke stays in, because the, those huts didn't have a door, but he fashioned one, did you happen to notice what it is and what it's from? It's from its X-Wing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the top wing panel that has the five red stripes for red five. Right. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that is very cool because, yeah, I think that was one of the first things when I was listening to one of the first pods after I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. They were all over. And, yeah, I was like, I'm like, huh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it real quick and see. So, there's, there's another, I was able to there's another Easter egg. You played the, the Battlefront 2. PlayStation, correct? I tried. Let's put uh, it that way. I I I don't have the a PlayStation three, four, or five. I have the original PlayStation two. So, but I went and looked up the cutscenes of that that story. It plays like a film to me. There is a part in in inside when Chewie busts the door down, and we get the whole Chewie, what are you doing here? And the, where's Han? In there on his nightstand is a neat little Easter egg from that Battlefront 2 when Luke's exploring the galaxy and he's on a world called Pilio. This is where he crosses paths with Inferno Squad. Well, Del Miko. And Del gets himself in a fix and Luke gets him out. And in exchange, he, he's there hunting for stuff and he finds this compass that was in one of, um, Palpatine storehouses. We see that very same compass that was in that story that's sitting on Luke's nightstand. There's also, um, I don't know rightly where he found it at yet, but there's also a Sith Kyber crystal on a leather cord that's there too. I don't know where he turned that up yet. I, or if I do, I don't remember. But yeah, there's a couple of neat little Easter eggs that we see there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember if I've watched those cutscenes from Battlefront 2 or not. If I haven't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't saved in my YouTube library to watch. But yeah, I, I tried to play that game and I found out I'm no good at games where you have to fly a ship. I can't control yeah, that. I tried. So. I was good on, I was good on earlier, earlier systems. But then the more advanced, like, uh, 2005 Battlefront 2 has a lot of different piloting that I've tried, unpassable mm, at lowest best. Right. I'm more, more a ground pounder than, than I am a pilot. But yeah, I can't be a pilot. That's why when that, oh, I can't remember the name of the game that came out. I think. Right after Fallen Order, it was strictly like a flying game. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Star Wars Squadron. Star Wars Squadron. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Because I'll just frustrate myself. Yeah. And with with that too, I'm still at the very first uh, scene trying to get off the damn ship. <laughs> no, yes, I time to time, but mainly when I get in the itch to play a video game, I just start a whole new a whole new game of Fallen Order and just work my way through that again. Because I like that one so much. So, I just, I'm just right now kind of depressed I can't try the new one because they didn't make it available for PlayStation 4. They only made it available for 5, which I think is yes. kind of weird. 
Well, sit tight because I've already been hearing peeps. Um, whenever I'm in uh, Jason's making Star Wars chats, he's got also pretty good friends with a youngin over in Britain that follows video game stuff very heavily. His name's Azatru. He's a really, really sweet kid. And he's got the up and up on whatever's going on with video game stuff. And it appears that coming up, I don't remember the date, I've heard it, but it is coming that they're going to backstep it to other systems and consoles before PlayStation 5. So it's coming. You'll be able to get it. They're going to do it for the Xbox and for PlayStation. So Survivor is coming for, like I said, the systems that came out right before PS5. They're they're going to start opening it up more. So sit tight. It's on its way. That that that's that's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because say PlayStation used to do that. I remember I had the original PlayStation One, and when two came out. I was like, well, I don't know if I want to get the two. I, I, I like all these games I have for the one. Well, you can play them on the two. They're compatible. Same with three. The first three were all compatible. And then when four came out, all of a sudden you can't play PlayStation 2 or 3 games on it. So I was like, what the heck? What happened? So. Well, I, yeah, think, they're I, do- I think they're doing it because Survivor is already over the top for this year. It done just what they wanted it to do and a lot more than just some. So I think they're really opening it up now because all the folks that already got to go and give a play and some of the ones just like yourself that can't, yeah, now they're doing it so that it goes even more over the top than what they already did. Right. Well, all right, let's find that last Jedi branch again. Where where was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, let's see. Another oh, another another scene that kind of the fans divided themselves on because I never heard it put the way you put it at the beginning, and I I think I like that way better. What's that? That they did it to the, that they divided themselves. This movie didn't had nothing to do with it. But yeah, the. Leia, the quote, Mary Poppins Leia. Mm. Um, I, when that, we were first watching the movie, yeah, I, I, my, my eyes started watering because I thought this is where they killed her off. And then I saw her raising her hand and you see her eyes and I was like, she's going to use the force. And, to me, it made sense because she is Luke's twin. We really never saw her get trained. We never really saw her use her powers until right here. So I had no problem with it. Yes, was it kind of cheesy? Yes, but Star Wars is cheesy. Mm-hmm. You already said that, and I really liked it. I was like, good. They're not. They're not going to kill her off, it's going to be later on in the movie because I thought for sure that's the way they were going to deal with Carrie's death. But nope. And they let her survive this one and they use the old, uh, you know, special effects CG thing to, you know, fill her in in Rise of Skywalker. And but there was a little bit of a foretelling of what was going to come later 
did you catch when she she entered the the blown out bridge and then you see the hologram of the supremacy right before right as she's holding herself to the hatch you see the supremacy that was following them yeah and she cuts right through it the exact same way that Holdo took the radis through it. Yeah. Like one third of the starboard wing. Yeah, that we end up seeing that happen in the story when Anna Holdo pulls what we now refer to as the Holdo maneuver. Yeah, that right. that was. And I can remember right before, whenever Kylo, he's got two wingmen, and he's got his thumbs right above the proton torpedoes. And I can remember getting pretty antsy in the theater, and I'm like, don't you do it. That's your mother. Don't you. And he couldn't. It ended up being that one of his wingmen did. He couldn't, he could not bring himself to do it. Right. Because I think he had what he did to his father really stabbing him in the back of his mind with his lightsaber. That yeah, when he killed Han, it didn't do for him what he thought it was going to do. And now here he is with a chance to do the same thing to his mother, and he couldn't do it. Right. Yeah, that that took a lot of... Yeah, I know it's not my story, but... I was like, that's your mother. Don't don't you dare. And in the end, no, he couldn't. But yeah, that, that part was, yes. Leia is... She goes by her adopted name, but she's a Skywalker. Right. And I, another part I really like that kind of brought back the, if you want to say the original trilogy feels, mm-hmm. is when Luke is reunited with R2. R2's the one that made him change his mind with doing that dirty move on him, showing him mm-hmm. the original tape of Leia, begging for Obi-Wan's help. And I, I think, yeah, I think Luke even says, looks at our film, goes, that was a cheap move or something like that. Well, and he also, he also scolds him too. He's like, language. See, already right there, we know that R2 swears. Yep. He was like, sacred place. So, yeah. I was like, I'm like, I think they put that in there to confirm for us fans that, yeah, R2's a foul now. Mm -hmm. We always know. Mm -hmm. And that's really the first time we really get the, see it in a Star Wars story. Um, let's see. Something else that folks had a big issue with is Poe's got a big chip, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and takes some issues oh, with yeah. Anna Holdo whenever she's just yeah. like, yeah, I've, I've dealt with you fly boys before. He and she had the right idea. Yeah. She had the right idea of what she was going to do. And a lot of folks had issues with that she needed to explain herself to him when he's a lower rank than her, and then Leia seemed fit to it to demote him, rightfully so, because he had the right idea. He just pulled it off the wrong way, and it cost them bombers, and it cost them pirates. So she was right. There, there were no heroes. Only dead no, yeah, and folks were just like, Emily needs to explain her. No, she does not. They're not a, a proper military. 
because I've, like I said previously, or if I haven't mentioned, I spent in the dark times for 15 years. I was, oh, look, there's Star Wars Mag. I have to give her a look after we're done here. I spent 15 years as a hobby in, in the dark times as a Civil War reenactor. And whenever we went out and did different things, we followed what we studied as being a proper military soldier with how the military presented themselves back then. Right. And no, your your superiors do not need to explain their orders to you. That's not how the military works. Right. They are under no obligation to explain no. themselves. No, that's not how the military works. So she was very... And that's how rankings work, too. If you're a higher rank, you're some organs no. saying, well, why are you doing this? They don't have to tell you. No. But, uh, follow your orders. That's all you need to know. Yep. If it's right, you'll find out at the end. And if it was wrong, maybe you'll pay for it. But orders work one way. They go up, not down. Yeah. And I was about to say, a good example of that was even though... He irritated me in Bad Batch. He started coming around to me again was, um, oh, my Cross, God. Crosshair. Crosshair. Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. That's an example of what we're talking about. Crosshair yeah, yeah. was just doing, following orders. His, yeah, his, his ship wasn't in, but he was doing it because he was a good soldier. He's following orders. So... And even if that meant going against the people that were like your family, that's what he was doing. But, yeah, that's a good example. That was Crosshair in, in Bad Batch. So. And tell me you weren't hooting whenever it took, it took Leia to put him back in place when he was on the bridge and had Amelin in the, in the hangar with some of the folks that wanted to turn with him, which also include, included Lieutenant Connix, who in real life is, is Carrie's daughter, Billy. So, or yes. Carrie's mother, yeah. Leia came through that with her with her sporting blaster and stunned him. Yeah. I, I was just, I was laughing because it took, it took her to put him back in his place. Yep. And then by the time he really got to see what she was doing, whenever they took those um, 30 load lifter shuttles and making their their getaway to crate and getting blown out of the sky, thanks to DJ, who sold out not only Rose and Finn. Right. Yeah, he ended up selling them out, too. And that's when Poe really just learn what Amelin Holder was up to because they're getting blasted, they're trying to make their way to crate, and then they see the Radis getting turned around and everybody's under the assumption that look, she's running and Poe's like, No, she's not. And right. then you get yeah, this is where whoa. Yeah, I she, she did she saved her butt she saved her butts. Yeah, tell you the truth, I was when the, all that started happening between Poe and Haldo, I was at first on Poe's side. Why? Because he was one of our established 
heroes. Mm-hmm. So, and then, but as it started going on, that started seeing, you know, sensing stuff. And my dad was in the National Guard, so I had some idea, like you were talking about how the military works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, she, she has no, she doesn't have to tell him anything. And I'm like, and I started trusting Holder. I was like, well, whatever her plan is, you know, you got to trust her, dude. But he didn't want to do that, and he tried to mute me. Did not work. But yeah, so I, w- I was Team Poe for a while, and then all of a sudden I became Team Holdo in about ten minutes. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I said she was doing the right thing, and Poe thought he was doing the right thing because in these movies, even the bad guys think they're doing the right things. So, but another character, new character that kind of the fans decided to crap on was Rose. And tell you the truth, I have no idea why. Even after I started hearing some of the people that had a problem with her, their complaints, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. No, it didn't make sense to me neither. No, I absolutely was kind of crushing on her because I've got a had a yeah. thing Asian girls not that there's Asians in the galaxy far far away because she was Hazian her and her sister who we lost at the battle of the car Paige Tico on the bomber that took out the dreadnought by dropping their her bomber's payload of magnetic bombs it cost her life but it let the resistance get away no I absolutely love Rose whenever she was when Finn was trying to make his big getaway when he was yep. pretending like he was inspecting, inspecting escape pods and yeah he got himself caught yeah when she was grieving Maybe. over to her sister yeah that was that was pretty rough and kill me retransit Outstanding actress. So, yes, she is. So when I heard some people they had a problem with her because she was a, you know, crappy actor, like people were crapping on Hayden Christensen, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, there's you know, there's a lot in that little part of our fandom that just wants to be angry for the sake of being angry. Then makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. Yeah. See, and she, she has, I feel, one of the one of the best lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not by, you know, destroying or, oh, God, now I forget how it goes. We're not, oh, my goodness. Which part? We're not going to win by fighting what we hate but saving what we love or something like that. You got it. Okay, that, that was it? Yep. That indeed is it. At first I started saying it in my head, and I'm like, no, oh, that doesn't sound right. Nope, and then got it. it up, I'm like, okay, I think that's it. But yeah, that, that line, you know, a couple of tears in my eyes, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Of course, it also, the fans that like to do the shipping, that started them on, oh, the Finn and Rose ship. But 
um, reload thing was a big. Not with either. Where the story was part of how they started connecting through the force. Mm-hmm. Which I think this whole that that part of the story needed to be told for impacting the stuff in Rise of Skywalker to make sense. Because his big mistake, I think he had her. I really do think he had her until he said, you have no part in this story. Oh, that she was nobody. Yeah, and that I think kind of pissed her off a little bit. And of course, what he did to Han, so that was still in the back of her head. She wouldn't mm-hmm. want to know why. So, but yeah, I, I never had a problem with it. If they were going to end up together, you were going to end up together. That's how the story was supposed to go. But oh, yeah, Raylo's had it. They had it really wrote in their heads that by the time Episode Nine turned around, that that was going to be a thing. And there again, yeah, there again is expectations. Don't do that. Yep. Yeah, there's still some Raylo's out there that are pretty salty that yep. I kind of side with Jason Ward. Some of them are just straight up nuts, but that's my opinion. Yep. Um, yep. In my opinion, they got, at least they got a kiss. They got the kiss. You got a kiss. And I'll speak my opinion yeah. to that next week when we get into Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> um, little side branch. There was a documentary that came out with this called The Director and the Jedi. Have you got to put eyes to that? I believe the I only watched it once, and that was when I first got my Blu-ray. Okay. Opted in, and I'm like, "Ooh, there's a great documentary. I'm going to watch this." And it was, from what I remember, a great documentary. Mm-hmm. I dropped explaining stuff, and yeah, there's a part of it that deals with whenever it's Luke and Ryan kind of. He gets, he brings them on set and they're kind of talking and they're going through the different story points. And the first thing that he's wondering, he's, he's sitting, there's, um, I want to say it was one of the sets for Octu Island and it's just Luke and Ryan or Mark and Ryan. And he's asking Ryan, oh, I'm, I'm the last Jedi. That's, that's me. And he's like, yeah, that's, it's you. Yeah, I think it was in that old Jedi temple set. Mm-hmm. Then there's where he starts to talk about disagreeing with what Ryan has, how he's writing the character. And it eventually dawns on Mark that, yes, I am Luke Skywalker, but I'm also hired to do a job. The character doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. Right. Yeah. I've always seen that that way. And some folks haven't, if they haven't got to watch that part, if you don't like what, how the story turned up with Luke, give that a watch and, and a listen because there's the truth right there. Yeah. And it's from Mark. Yeah, he can say, what did he say, fundamentally disagreed with. Right. But it's not Mark's story to tell and it's not his character. He portrays him. He's paid to do that job. Right. The character belongs to the storyteller. I even think I remember, I forget what, like, sort of behind the scenes or documentary I was watching from back in, like, 78 about the original Star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. Even then, Mark said he he was questioning George about, well, why would he do this? He wouldn't do this. That doesn't sound right. And so even back then, Mark was questioning his character, but eventually he said the same thing back in 78. Because this is George's story. Yep. I'm just I'm just portraying what he's written. So, yeah. It's All right, let's see. Now, now we get the Battle of Crate. The First Order, even though the Supremacy and a good portion of the Star Destroyers, the First Order Star Destroyers, were taken out by Amalyn Holdo, they still managed. That one, I remember studying and getting getting the cross-sections book for that and seeing exactly what all was involved with, with Snoke's Star Dreadnought. The biggest Star Destroyer we've ever seen. It's like 60 miles across from starboard wingtip to port wingtip. And it includes, it's like a, almost a little factory that builds everything the First Order needs, whether it's armor. They can build whole Star Destroyers. So whenever it got busted up, I'm thinking, they can fix that. Thinking that maybe we might see it in episode nine, but that didn't happen. And it was just, all right, maybe they scrapped it. So the First Order sends a good deal of troops down the crate with some miniaturized Death Star tech in that um, yeah. that cannon to, to bust into the Resistance base, which also turned up in... Leia, Princess of Alderaan, another journey to the Last Jedi story of Leia's time. Right around she was about 15 or 16. She's got a little bit of adventure where she also touches the Force in that story. Um, this is when before the rebellion that Bale is still working on the little bitty rebel cell that he's starting to put together. And he goes to Crate, and this was an old... Um, mining establishment that he turns into a small rebel base what's going to be for a, a part of a time a rebel base and Leia remembers this when they're making the run from the car that, that her father had this set up so that they could go there to try to hide out for a while and try to see if they could pull some resistance support together because she does have she has um Major Darcy sent out a transmission, and we hear that it was received on multiple points, but nobody answered back. And Leia thinks right there that, so this is it. This is, we're done. Nobody's answering. Nobody's coming to help us. And then right at that, right at that point is when Luke walks in. And I didn't take a notice of this. It, it pretty much, if I remember right, it took some of my my podcast friends listening to their different reviews and stuff that the look that we saw from what he told Ray and then what Tyler remembered what happened that night on at his Jedi Temple was we seen an older, very much grayer Luke, but the Luke that was longer hair like we've seen him at the beginning of this story on Oct 2. But this Luke that walks in is wearing darker colored kind of robes and a cloak. 
but his hair's shorter, his beard's darker. I didn't notice this because that's the Luke that Ben remembers seeing from the, his time as a student with him. I didn't take notice of that. Yeah, and he, I, walks in, and he, seems, he seems like he's real to everybody. He even fooled 3PO. Yep. And then he walks in and he tells Leia that he's here to, to face him, but he can't save him. Right. And then right when Luke goes and gives his sister a kiss, the only time he's ever kissed his sister. I see this running on a lot about people teasing Luke about kissing his sister. No, it was only ever him that kissed her. Or she kissed him twice. This is the only time Luke has ever kissed Leia. And it was on the forehead. Right when he does that, she looks up and she has this look on her face because she knows. And she doesn't tell anybody. We don't even know this yet. That it's a projection of Luke. It's not really him. And I loved it. As he's going out and 3PO just turns and looks at him and Luke kind of looks back, gives him a wink of his eye. And I was just like, ah. And then he, he makes his way past the resistance fighters. And Poe sees him going out, out the, the big doors. And at first, he doesn't get what he's doing. And then there goes Luke walking out. And Kylo sees him. And his temperature, his, his he just goes through the roof. He says, I want every gun we have to fire on that man. Man. Yeah. And it was the, I can't remember what the name of the, the score of the track is, but it, it's playing as Luke's standing there. And then they just, they open up. And Kylo's attitude's just going more, more, more. And then Hux finally wisens up and, and stops him. And he's like, did you think you got him? And I, that was, yeah, that was a perfect line. And then after all the dust settles, there's Luke still standing there with yeah. that smug little, smug little brush off his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like to what you were saying, I, first time I watched it, did not notice the younger Luke. Mm-hmm. Good. Then it wasn't just me. It was only when I got on Blu-ray and watched it for the first time at home. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, you can see it. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and yes, I was surprised when it was a, you know, he was doing that force projection thing, that thing that he told, did he tell Ray? Or did Kylo said you, you couldn't do that, it, it would kill you if you tried or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and to step back a little bit earlier in the movie, probably towards the middle of the movie, Canto Bite was another big thing that fans had a problem with as well. Something. Mm-hmm. You just think, oh, that wasn't necessary to go there. You know what? If it was, if it wasn't necessary, I'm glad they did because I love seeing different uh, environments in Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Seeing, seeing a nice polished city that's, you know, mainly there for because it's one big casino city, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. And just going through the, when they first get there and they're like, just like taking the camera through the casino. And then they end it with, uh, Finn walking up to one of the tables and gets that smile on his face because he's never seen anything like that before. 
was kind of cool. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And yeah, he, he gets to see the uglier, sort of underbelly part of the galaxy. But yeah, a lot of what's going on there is money fueling the First Order. We yeah. see it We see it on um, that star yacht that DJ steals whenever he's trying to explain the thing, you know, don't join, just like the little Arvest sign on, on DJ's hat says. It says it in Arvest, don't join. Cause whether good guys, bad guys, it's all the same. Because he brings up those files that whoever had that star yacht, they, they get to see that all them folks running dirty credits to feed not only the First Order, but the Resistance, too. Right. So in a little bitty way, DJ's sort of kind of right, but no. Finn does have the idea that now he's actually, all he wanted to do was run. He wanted to get Ray, he wanted to keep her safe, he wanted to run. But now he finally makes the choice to join, to do the right thing. Yeah. And then we see him on the, the Battle of uh, Crate, trying mm-hmm. to sacrifice himself for the cause. So, And that's another point in the movie that I thought, oh, my God, they're going to kill off, you know, a main character. They're going to kill Finn off. Well, Rose didn't let that happen, and I'm glad she did what she did because she was right. Because he was going to run that ski speeder. He was going to try to run it down the throat of that cannon, and you could already see it just melting away, and I'm thinking, yep. it's going to be for nothing. Don't, don't do it. And she didn't let him. She saw it, and she got him out of harm's way. Right. Yeah, because there was – you saw it in his eyes, the way he acted that, and just his facial expressions that – he he was gonna do it. it was yeah, he was. So, but yeah, that that was another part of the movie that I was like, oh my god, oh my god. But thankfully, it didn't happen, and no, we had to go back for the next movie. So, um, one other thing that I didn't quite notice was after. Kylo says, take me down to him. He's he's going to face his uncle. Gets in a little scrap with Hux, who he force throws into the wall, and the pilot in the shuttle says, right away, sir. So there's Kylo. He's down on crate, asking his uncle if he came to save him. And he's like, no, I didn't. I'm not here to save you. And they get into the he, – he gets – Kylo gets so angry, he's the first one to strike. And Luke did, he defended himself. He never once made an aggressive move towards his nephew. But the whole time that this fight's going on, you can see Kylo's footsteps. When you take a step on the salt surface of Crate, yeah, it exposes the red soil of the planet. That It's original red, but it's covered in so much salt that you can't see that. But I didn't notice that while Luke's moving, there's no footprints of his, which right. was a tale before we get to see how this turns up at the end when Kylo goes to run him through and it doesn't work. And then he realizes exactly what's going on there, that that's a projection of his uncle and that Kylo lost. 
And yeah, yes. just, just that like, absolutely floored me. Yeah, just a sly little smile, Luke mm-hmm. got his face when he when Kylo realized it, and then Luke had his little speech there to Kylo right before he disappeared, saying, um, "The war isn't over. The Jedi have, have not. I am not the last Jedi." And stuff like that. I was like, yep. I'm like, okay. Yeah, the rebellion is just beginning. Yep. But yeah, that's why I was like, okay, Ray's going to become a Jedi and Leia's role in the next movie. That's the only, that's the only thing that I like, kind of like projected for the next movie was Leia was going to be the one to train Ray. Mm-hmm. So, and we did see a little bit of that at the beginning, but we can talk about that next week. Oh, tell me you tell me you weren't shocked as hell whenever the the ski the resistance ski speeders are getting they're going down the tie fighters are are tearing them up and then we see the three that are chasing Rose and then one shot takes all three out and then you see the shadow of the falcon go flying overhead and then we get that shot of Ray in the gun turret giving her whooping I like this yeah. Was not ready for that. That was that was great. Finally, she's in a gunner spot, not piloting. Chewie's doing the flying. Yeah, that had me out of my seat. I was uh, sitting next to my uh, second oldest nephew, and we high five, and we both gave a little audible <laughs> like cheer and fist bump, and but yeah, and then and then when. I think it was a Finn that said, God, they really hate that ship. Or was that Poe? Oh, no, that was Finn. Oh, they really hate that ship. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the Falcon coming to the rescue again. It was just uh, Ray and Chewie this time and not Han. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that gave, gave a little cheer and then. Yeah, I mean, just, there was a lot of shock moments for me, like, Luke, the Luke projection was one, the Falcon was another, Mm -hmm. Um, thinking that Finn was going to die, another one, and thinking that, you know, they were going to, me thinking that, oh, when's the part where they're going to kill Leia off because of Carrie, but that didn't happen, and I'm glad it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I know some fans were talking about that afterwards too, like, oh, are they going to do the stupid CGI de aging thing, or not de aging thing, but the stupid CGI thing in the next movie? I'm like, you know, if the technology's there, why not? Mm-hmm. But, Let's see, yeah. what else do I not want to forget? Oh, then getting to face off with Captain Phasma. Oh yeah, that I think that did need to happen. Um, just the way that, you know, they, cause that's another thing from the Force Awakens, jumping back to last week that I didn't mention about people going, well, how can Phasma be alive? They threw her in the trash compactor. They never show, showed them throwing her in the trash compactor. Han just said, is there a trash compactor? And Finn going, yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. That's it. They, they could have tossed her in it and she could have gotten out. 
Han, you, you, you guys got out of a trash compactor without dying. So maybe she did too. So, but yeah, we never saw her get thrown in. So that's why I thought, you know, they didn't actually throw her in. That was just Han. That was one of Han's like lines, maybe for a laugh or it's like, mm-hmm. let her think we're going to throw her in the trash compactor and just leave her tied up somewhere. So, yeah. No, they did get that, that, that story did get sorted out in, um, a Marvel comics. I think it was a five issue run right around 2017, 2018 that turns up with Phasma getting up. She was indeed thrown into a trash compactor and that story finds her how she, she was rescued from it and some of her adventures in between, um, TLJ and Rise of Skywalker. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to. What else do we got? We got Finn and Rose making their escape off of the Supremacy and nearly getting blasted apart when they crash the shuttle into the Resistance base. Um, some other neat little things were the, the Voltex, the crystal boxes. Yeah. That showed the resistance how to escape when they run into the back of the base and run into that caved in back entryway that ends up being when Ray shows up and she can feel them there. And then it's the same thing that she thought she explained to Luke whenever she was like, trying to explain when he asked her what do you know about the force and she was like it's lifting rocks and making things float and when she sees that and she just says lifting rocks and she knows what she has to do and she does it to save them yeah yeah I always said I wanted to more fast mom have to check out that Marvel comic series get some of those stories but yeah I, I never knew they they um finished that, oh, yeah, this is how she escaped, so. And also, I mentioned that last week about the, the novel Phasma. Yeah, if you haven't dived into that yet, good story. You have to check that out. But, yeah. But, yeah, overall, I think Ryan Johnson did a great job. I think, yes, I know he did get a lot of praise from most Star Wars fans for taking the chance and being a little different. And he also took crap from the fans that just want to, you know, hate on everything. Mm-hmm. He didn't do a good job. He took all of JJ's stuff from Force Awakens and threw that out, which I never thought that. No, neither did I. That's another thing that they, some people say that the sequel trilogy doesn't flow. The story doesn't flow. I thought it did, but... As did I. No, those two had a chance to talk to each other while they were. It kind of made JJ a little bit jealous after he got to, to see before we were showing it, and he was like, right. "Dang, I wish I actually got to go and do this story now that I've seen what he did." Right. I was pretty happy hearing that from him. Yeah, but yeah, Ryan did a good job, and I really hope. You know, I know there's, oh, Ryan's not going to get, you know, to do his 
movies now and blah, blah, blah. I hope that changes. I hope they do let him do something again for Star Wars, but that remains to be seen. And it remains to be seen if he even wants to do it. That it does. Oh, I believe he does, but he's got so much, he's got so much other things, so many other things going on right now. It, it is still, still said that he very much does want to. He very much still does talk off and on with Miss Kennedy. We'll just wait and see what goes with, because right now we're still sitting, I think this is day 103 of the writer's actor strike that we're supposed to be the writers, not the, not the actors, but the writers were supposed to be having some talks with the studios yesterday. I ain't heard anything on how that turned up or if, if it even happened. Right. But yeah, once we get past this, yeah, he's, he's sitting right squarely with everybody else. Nobody's doing anything right now. So yep. hopefully it gets sorted, but as far as Last Jedi goes, Jeff, I think we did it. Yep, I think we hit everything we want to talk about, and I think this was one of the few episodes through this series that we're doing that we didn't really get sidetracked all that much. No, we did a good job. Well, except for the video game stuff, but that was fun, too. Yeah. yeah but, yeah, I think we talked this as far as we can. I can't think of anything else I wanted to mention about this movie that, you know, I don't know, other than Broom Boy. I know a lot of people. Oh, to Mary Blige, yeah. But, yeah, I really didn't have a problem with that either. It was just a kid calling a broom to his hand. So what? You know, he's he's force sensitive. Uh, it's just showing that, yes, there are other force sensitives out there that are, you know, that people don't know about. But. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. someday we'll get to have another story with him. We'll see. <laughs> Room boy grown up. So. Um, let's see. I got one podcast recommendation, and then I want to give a bounce out, bounce back shout out to one of our pod friends that I just had in my playlist yesterday talking with Roe. My podcast recommendation for recommended listening for this week will be three friends that are up Boston ways of the prequel generation. Um, I think they're over their, let's say, is it two years? Two-year anniversary are the Holonet Marauders. Would be AJ, Jamie, who goes by Jam the Jedi, and Matt put out a podcast pretty much every week. Right now we're sitting on some slower spots that a lot of folks are taking a break because there's not really much Star Wars news. We're, we're in between Ahsoka's coming up here in less than two weeks. Um, Usually Thursday nights, when they get going, they do a live stream right around 9 o'clock on their YouTube channel. They're a lot of fun. They're very positive. And they they do some really neat, fun things that our listener included. Uh, Yeah, so if you're looking for some podcast listening, give the Hollow Net Marauders a listen. And 
My bounce back shout out is to Nick, the backyard tortoise. He was doing, he did an episode with Roe on Scare, Scare podcast this week called Five Questions. And I sent him in a voicemail and Nick had just found out that I've been your co-host for the past several weeks and he shouted it out. And I know he's a big Red Five network listener and so he'll likely have the Blue Milk Cafe in his ears. So thanks Nick. Glad to be aboard. Yeah, thanks a lot for the shout out. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, put out there that if people haven't listened to, I guess it will be last week's episode now of Big T, Little T. Oh, yeah. Because RFB was on. I gave a listen to it last week. You did a really good job. Gave us a little shout out. So it was a very fun episode, especially the yeah. trip at the end. I really enjoyed That one, and if you're up for some trivia, um, Monday's WSTR had a three-way trivia match. I love their trivia stuff. That would had, excuse, it pitted Carla and Aaron and Todd. That was pretty Sith Lord heavy trivia. I don't know who drew up the questions for this week. If you're up for some trivia, go give that one a listen. That that one was a lot of fun. They did. Three questions each, which are a total of 30, and I missed 10. So I think that's very pretty good. Yeah. And Todd ended up being the winner for the second time in a row. Cause I know I, Todd's pretty tough to beat when it comes to trivia. He, he's tough. Yeah. I mean, I like to think I know my, my stuff, but there are some times when, you know, you're there doing it for – like a competition or competing and you know, nah, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Yeah, you're looking to keep some of your knowledge stuff sharp. Trivia stuff is definitely what will help you. Yeah. Yeah, so. There we go. Yep. And, of course, next week will be big episode 140. And I guess that's appropriate. We're ending the Skywalker saga on an even number episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan that. Um, just believe me, I, I couldn't have planned it anyway because I'm not good at math and it would have taken me a while to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a happy coincidence. So yeah, next week will be the last movie of the Skywalker saga, The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. And we'll talk about how you know, when we first saw it, and then, you know, talk about the movie, what we liked, and discuss, like we did this week, about some of the things that some of the uh, fans, you know, had a problem problems with. Mm-hmm. So that is next week's episode, and unless you have anything else to add RFB. Yep, all good. All right. Well, as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal.
Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.